welcome to the Supergirl Supercast. I'm Trishy Matson, And I'm David Schaub. And today we are discussing Season 5, Episode 14, The Bodyguard. Why don't you remind everybody what happened, David? Obsidian is about to launch, but the spouse of a dead ex-employee wants to stop it starting by trying to kill Andrea. Lex takes advantage of this to get himself closer to Leviathan Gemma Cooper. While Lex puts people in danger, pissing off Brainy, Supergirl saves the day using words to stop the damaged chlorophyllian, even though Kara agrees that technology is scary. While Andrea is locked up for her own protection, she discovers her Akrata powers. Alex tries to find herself without a powerful organization backing her up. She saves Kelly's life, and John gives her a telepathically morphing weapon. Lena needs to start human trials, and Lex finds her an assortment of prisoners to unethically experiment on. Her first attempt fails to correct for injustice. I'm sure she didn't miss anything else. Lena complains that Supergirl doesn't understand her warped view of free will. William is in Kara's face, acting really nice, but Kara still decides her rejection was a mistake. Let the lying continue. <laughs> Excellent summary, as always, David. Okay, so, uh, right, the bottle episode was last time. This time we are advancing several plot lines as we go forward. All the plot lines. <laughs> They started off pretty much right away with Alex's arc, with everybody at the Obsidian Platinum Expo. Uh, Alex and Nia and Kara and William showed up later. Anyway, Alex uh, feels weird at this public gathering because this is the first time in eight years that she's been out without a gun. My goodness. And let's just ignore that whole anti-gun attitude conversation that we had a few seasons ago that maybe just didn't happen. Yeah, just, just, uh, we don't need to think about that, right? <laughs> to be fair, my actual thought was, they're pretending they're in the States. Can't you just go down to a corner store and buy one? <laughs> um, well, maybe not. We don't know what their particular gun laws are. Anyway, I did think it was cute that Kelly was so excited that Alex remembered and could uh, regurgitate her ramblings about the technology wonders of Obsidian. 150 petaflop biolink interface. I quite like that one. <laughs> that was cute. I also liked that we got to find out that Obsidian Platinum can do touch and taste and smell. No discussions about actually getting nutritional value. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see it going forward. Maybe they will never mention it again. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so anyway, soon after all this talk, there are the purple lights in the elevator attacking Andrea and Supergirl saves her. And there's a whole lot of stuff in there about Supergirl wants to cancel public events because they are obviously going to put people in danger. And Andrea makes it a point of principle that she will not give in to terrorists, even if that means continuing to put people at risk. Well, for the most part, she was okay with just putting herself at risk. So I don't think, I, I think they're trying to communicate her strong will. I don't think they're trying to communicate that she has no feelings for putting other people in danger, even though a lot of people potentially could have gotten hurt by her pushing it forward. Yeah. <laughs> Most of that was Lex's fault anyway. Okay, so f flipping over to Lena's experiments. She got a dog in a hostile 
lizard creature to cuddle up with each other after treatment. Um, (laughs) uh, Right. She says she can't have any critics pouncing on any mistakes, and she complains that Supergirl thought that her earlier efforts were about mind control, when, hey, it's not controlling minds forever, it's just permanently altering them so that they will do what she wants. (laughs) There's, There's an important difference there, right? Right? I I think we're supposed to feel, Lena, you're over the deep end. Like, I don't think the show's trying to present this as at all reasonable. Of course she is doing mind control. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing I was thinking about as the the lizard was being all nice to the puppy is that lizard is now going to starve to death, but she's entirely taken away how it lives. Yes, well, the one does tend to have consequences when one starts tinkering with free will. I think perhaps that Lena's end goal is Zootopia, but there are questions about that uh, implementation-wise. Indeed. <laughs> you know, and even if Lena did succeed somehow in her ultimate goal of turning the entire population of Earth into people who will do no harm, but will otherwise be just fine... That would leave the planet vulnerable to whatever hostile species comes along next. We will be ready to be taken over because even later in the episode, we we don't just see her taking away the will to do violence because someone tries to do violence and then is stopped forcibly, which looks kind of mind controlling, kind of will enforcing there. Mm -hmm. This episode does not get better for Lena. (laughs) Right. Okay. So anyway, Lex jousts verbally with Gemma, and I particularly liked when she called him a yappy dog. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably not something that he hears a whole lot. (laughs) I have to admit, I kind of like Lex in this series now. He is not directly trying to kill anyone. He's just putting people at risk on the assumption that someone else is going to save them. Supergirl always saves the day. Exactly. He's just operating on that assumption and the show will prove him right. (laughs) And he's being a nice, helpful brother. He's trying to get an in with the even more bad guys to stop them. Lex is a pretty outstanding citizen for the most part, except he almost destroyed the city. Right, and except for his secret endgame. But I guess, you know, we have yet for that to be revealed, other than his plan to fight off Leviathan because they will interfere with his secret plan. Was it suggested that the bracers that the baddie of the episode, were those potentially Lex funded? So was he behind the assassin as well in this case? It would certainly make sense because that would be in agreement with his plan to threaten Andrea and get her closer to Leviathan and therefore get himself closer to Leviathan. So I don't think they flat out said that he was behind it, but I wondered about that possibility too. It it definitely feels like everything bad happening is basically Lex's fault. Mm -hmm. Wheels within wheels. We also get a bit of an explanation when Lex talks to Brainy about how they're going to use the Toy Man's code. And this took me a moment to understand what they're doing. Because effectively, they're taking this code, which I think transfers a mind into a computer and therefore making it immortal, and they're turning it into a mortality code weapon, which they will inject through skin 
into the Leviathan members if they can weaken them enough. There's some leaps there. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really get that either. I don't see why that is better than just, oh, I don't know, poisoning Leviathan or, (laughs) you know, something else. I'm not sure why this immortality transfer code thing is better. Reverse immortality code. I mean, I'm sure Lex just can't resist the next hot new thing, but... (laughs) Well, I thought this was all going to be for Lex to even the playing field by making himself immortal. Like, that's what I thought this was going to be. And then now they're describing it as being used as a a projectile weapon of some kind or a syringe. I was a bit taken aback by that. That was not what I expected. Yeah, maybe Lex is too much of an egotist to want himself to be put into a computer overmind that could presumably be turned off if other people tried hard enough. I suppose. Maybe. But yeah, I thought of the immortality thing too, and that seems more in line with his arrogance. But yeah, that didn't seem to be, in the end, what the writers were going for. Well, what I wouldn't have expected them to sort of transfer his mind, but I expected we would get Alex AI operating independently. Mm. maybe that could have been what they were going to do. And that would have fit really well with the overlying technology is scary (laughs) message of the season. So I was was a little surprised by this, but we'll have to see how that develops. Well, I don't think he really needs an iLex since he has Brainy to do all this computer stuff for him. I had a brief thought. Is there any possibility that Lex had manipulated those other Brainies? Like, could all of this be a con? I don't know. This, this whole evidence of the future thing? I mean, obviously, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure because, um, yeah, I mean, it's a trope that people without emotions who make themselves emotionless you know, some people say that that would make them harder to manipulate. I've seen some writers where, you know, actually that would make them just do things out of codes and you couldn't manipulate them at all. But hippie Brainy that <laughs> Brainy conjured up for this episode to discuss his, his uh, progress with. I just don't know whether Lex could have somehow gotten to all of these. I don't think he has the power to have created them, but he is a master manipulator. So who knows what information he may have planted to make everybody swing over to his side. Yeah, and this whole universe has been somewhat bent to his will, even though, um, in theory, those Brainies were from different universes. There's a whole question as to uh, when is uh, Brainy going to crack and how that's going to look when Lex eventually pushes him too far. So anyway, uh, back to the human trials at the prison. Alina is getting a tour, and she sees this tough guy hurting a Nebushi guy. Oh no. She's shocked and horrified to see such injustice perpetrated within the uh, prison system. How were these people selected? (laughs) (laughs) What was the selection criteria? I don't know. I mean, our guy, Steve Lamelli, who plays nerds and hackers in everything I've ever seen him in, the first time I saw him, I thought, oh yeah, that's uh, Mozzie from White Collar. The actor's name is Willie Garson, and yeah, he's been in quite a few other things. But more significantly for Supergirl, he was in the episode Season 418, Crime and Punishment. He was also in prison there when Supergirl and Lena were trying to track down Lex, who had disappeared They were separated, and Supergirl was pretending to be Kara, and she met Steve, 
who was Lex's prison cell neighbor there, and it turned out he was a super fan of reporter Kara, and so she was able to manipulate him into giving her information that way. But that was all pre-crisis, so I guess in this timeline, since Lena and Kara weren't tracking Lex down, he never ever got to meet his idol, Kara Danvers. So that's a little sad. (laughs) (laughs) It is Interesting when they understand that they need to do some odd machinations as a function of the change uh, post-crisis. Unlike the last episode that didn't feel like it really fit post-crisis, this episode feels far more appropriately post-crisis. Yeah. So anyway, the show doesn't bring up any of that at all. As far as this episode is concerned, I don't think they do anything to make people remember the connection from pre-crisis Steve Lamelli. So he is selected through whatever process. I mean, I don't think he would have been a violent criminal before, so I don't know why he would have been selected for this trial. The plot needed him. (laughs) I mean, I guess I could see if you were doing human experiments, you would want to have a control who was not a violent person before your experiment uh, is done on him. But Lena clearly wasn't thinking that through since uh, he never being violent before, suddenly his sense of injustice gets heightened and amplified, and so he starts getting really, really, really angry and violent. But Lena says, oh, I just left something out of the algorithm. I'll tweak that. As you say, there are plenty more things that are going to come back to bite people. (laughs) It feels very much that this is the setup to say, oh, Lena can forget something. Therefore, it is pretty safe to say there are other things that Lena forgot and other emotions are going to backfire on her when she tries to do this on a larger population. Absolutely. Because she's basically, as far as we can tell, only tried to use this on creatures that are somewhat violent. Her data set has been too small and this has shown a failure and it's really hard to believe there won't be more failures. But Lex was really helpful here. You mean in providing the human subjects for her? I I don't even want to know if I want to get into the bizarre unethicalness of this operation. Well, of course it's unethical. I don't... (laughs) I don't think we even need to spend any time talking about how unethical it is. But feel free if you want to. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's it's just blatantly obvious that this is this is this is ridiculous, and and Lena is acting like the villain that uh, Kara seems to have told her she is. But that's just because Lena doesn't understand or doesn't realize it. So hopefully, at some point, Lena will realize it. I think, without a doubt, do no harm is going to cause some other unexpected issues, and perhaps at that point, Lex is not going to want to help. I just thought it was interesting that again we get a very supportive Lex as brother because. Uh, aligns with what he wants in the end. Yeah, and it does seem like Lena may not trust him in her heart, but she keeps acting as though she does, or as if she just doesn't have any better options than to keep taking his word for things. And, you know, I don't know how Lex is planning to use non-Nokeri to uh, further his agenda, or maybe even use it to stab Lena in the back somehow. But I'm pretty sure he's not just doing it to be a nice brother. This is a definite long game because we're just getting a lot of Lex being a relatively nice person to Lena. And it's it's just been episode after episode where Lena is not seeing the horrible things he's doing. And maybe he's trying to lull her into uh, what he knows she can fall into, which is finding nice people nice. <laughs> so speaking of nice people, there was also some bad cop 
stuff going on in this episode, which made me uh, a bit uneasy. Uh, when Alex and John Jones were at a bar looking for information, they ran in, into a guy who was afraid of her because she's roughed him up a few times before looking for information. And the show seemed to treat this as kind of a jokey thing. And I was thinking, you know, bad cop humor is not really cool. It reminded me of the very first time we saw Alex in that bar when she is on edge and disturbed by being around all of the aliens. Mm -hmm. There clearly has been a transition for Alex. Plus, you went through the period of not knowing right. Tara was Supergirl. And maybe mm -hmm. it was also during that time where she just had a somewhat different, more broken worldview. I agree. It was it was strange that it was almost played for humor. It might have been nice to see a, a somewhat more apologetic bad cop there. Yeah, there, there was no trace of reflection or apology about possible questionable uses of of her law enforcement status before it was she was a little mopey because she missed her gun and then later she was mopey because she was reminded that she's a non-superpowered person among a lot of people who do have powers and she was mopey because she thought all this time i thought the deo was holding me back but maybe it was really holding me up before there are many People on the show who have abused their power worse than Alex has, to be sure. <laughs> I was just slightly disturbed at the tone in this episode, or even just in this scene. Yeah. Alex's arc was interesting. I do always wonder how you can present characters who have such wildly different powers being in the same fight. Yes. It is a near nigh impossible storytelling thing to try and deal with. And occasionally it is interesting seeing someone hit by the realization, oh, my superpower was my massive team and organization. I have a problem here. <laughs> what I missed in the episode was I think the turning point for her was being lucky and rescuing Kelly at one point. And then at that point, that was her turning point for the arc. And I, I thought that was a, a little thin. Yeah, she just happened to be in the right place at the right time for yeah, that. Yeah, that, that instantaneously, that was a transition point for Alex in, the, in her story arc. And it was like, wow, that was fast. <laughs> Though the highs were very cute. I did like Alex's line, but I really miss kicking down doors. <laughs> I did enjoy that bit when, when they were, you know, doing their investigations. She, they could have just opened the barn door. <laughs> we're just phased through it, as John suggested. Oh, well. <laughs> That part I didn't mind at all. <laughs> and it is uh, interesting when we actually do get reminded that John is uh, susceptible and weak around fire. Really, both of them were um, pretty hammered down in that fight unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Supergirl eventually finds a box of old papers when they're tracking down the... Um, did they ever name the chlorophyllium attacker. I mean, we found out eventually that it was Amy, the sister of a guy who got addicted to VR and killed himself. But I don't think the baddie, the villain... Oh, the, the, the comic book name. I did not look up the comic book name. I assume there is one, uh -huh. but maybe I'll look that up after. Right. But anyway, we do find out about the um, VR thing and the VR addiction of the brother who killed himself. And that's why Amy is so angry and wants to stop the launch of, of Obsidian Platinum. And Supergirl later brings this up to Andrea, and Andrea basically entirely shrugs off 
the possibility, nay, the probability that some people <laughs> will be addicted and impacted neg negatively by saying, oh, but some of my employees have already used Obsidian to help deal with the trauma of the shooting tonight. So never mind you, Supergirl, I'm going ahead. <laughs> Kara only has so many evil plans that she has to try and stop at once. <laughs> Right. I didn't entirely mind the argument, though, that Andrea is making a fairly sane argument, which is technology is a tool and it can be used positively. And you can use the tool in a positive way. And here, this tool has some positive uses. There is a question then of what is necessary as safeguards against harm. And obviously, Andrea does not have enough respect for that. Right. We've seen a fair number of advertisements in show for Obsidian, and I don't remember any of them having the string of disclaimers at the end of the, the advertisements. <laughs> 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 Nothing about consult a psychiatrist if you feel yourself spending too much time in VR. <laughs> well, this is the thing with Star Trek and holodecks. Mm -hmm. Who in the world would ever leave the holodeck? Right. Well, you know. You have to have reservations for that kind of thing, as long as you keep it a limited resource. <laughs> but Obsidian Platinum is not going to be an, a limited resource. Anybody can do it anytime. And it possibly can even feed you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know why you would leave. So, right, uh, John Jones decides that uh, Alex is worthy of being given a Martian adaptable weapon that turns into whatever you want it to. It seems like sort of like, you know, a Green Lantern ring except restricted to a hand weapon, but whatever hand weapon you want. It was reminding me of a Voltron Baird, <laughs> so you can go with whatever you want. But it is interesting because they gave Alex the really cool gun that shot different things that we never really understood what it did uh -huh. before, and now they're giving her a different cool weapon. And I suppose it is fair. It helps the power curve of the show to at least give the non-powered people special weapons. Right. Well, she clearly needs that or something along those lines to be able to keep up uh, with the super-powered people. But it's a little disappointing because I really like when Alex is just a badass all by herself. And this is feels like it's going to turn into a crutch. It absolutely could. I'm sure it could, it could even turn into a sonic screwdriver if she wanted it to. <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess we'll see. <laughs> I suppose they just didn't want to give her a normal gun. Yeah. Because that would go against their whole no guns plotline for us. Yeah. <laughs> don't think about it. <laughs> now you get into the thing of, well, why don't we just give everybody a gun or give, you know, a super gun or everybody powers or whatever? Well, at least in this case, they're giving her a one-off, relatively special, super rare Martian device. Right. Well, you know, I think... Alex can probably handle it as well as any human could. I'm not complaining about that so much as just the whole concept. It just it doesn't have the same problem that Guardian had, which is, why doesn't everyone have a Guardian suit? Right. Anyway, back to Lena and Steve. After she tweaks the algorithm, he's pathetically grateful because now he feels safe. And he says, you really are a hero to Lena. Aww. And, uh... I think that's probably the first time anyone ever has called her a hero. Well, there is possibly a time and a place where her technology would have value. Like she has produced what could be an amazing therapeutic device of which she is going to 
enforce its use on everyone on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not even court-ordered enforcement on specific violent people who have committed violence in the past. She's just gonna dump it in the water, figuratively, and <laughs> Supergirl will definitely no longer be able to punch her way out of problems. <laughs> I was just surprised that they had him get angry and try and punch someone, yeah. but then couldn't physically land the punch. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the fact that the emotion was broken. It was, this is stopping his will to do something. It blew me away that they wrote that that way. Mm -hmm. yep. It just undercuts everything Lena says in this episode. And maybe that's why they did it. <laughs> yeah, most likely. There were some uh, interesting things as they were doing detective work on Amy. I was trying to briefly do a pronoun count. And going up to that point, there were about four he's that Lex or John had said. Mm -hmm. And then they started using they. Right. Right before the discovery, which was, I thought, strange at the time. But I think I had always assumed that the baddie was female. So I was really confused when they were trying to suggest briefly that it was the husband, because that didn't make sense to me, because I thought it was a woman. There was a, an odd uh, attempt to maybe surprise the viewer, which I thought did not work whatsoever. Yeah, I think I had called him Amy's brother before, but yeah, I think you're right. It was a husband. So uh, to your point, I had just assumed it was a male antagonist. And so I kind of liked how the, you know, I was a, a few seconds ahead of them figuring out, oh, it must be Amy, you know, who's doing this instead of... Uh, the dead guy, obviously. The writers were definitely playing a bit of a pronoun game before that point, which I thought was mm -hmm. was an interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that, actually. So um, back to Supergirl and punching things. Uh, this is one of the less common than we would like episodes <laughs> where <laughs> Supergirl does not punch her way out of things. And... Her speech to Amy was a little obvious, but we had a lot else going on in this episode, so, you know, I thought it was perfectly adequate for talking Amy down, because Amy didn't really want to hurt people at all. You know, that wasn't her point. Maybe she felt she had made her point already. There was no real way that Amy probably could have known that her trying to drain Obsidian's computer power system, whatever, was causing a bizarre cascade event where they were going to blow up the city. I tell you what, there's thought to be something in the codes against that. Um, I guess it's tech getting ahead of the law, but you should not be allowed to draw from the city grid to make sure that your tech launch succeeds as scheduled. It's, it's just not right. <laughs> that failsafe, I think, was a, a somewhat questionable decision. And, and yes, uh, there's no way anything like that should ever be plugged into a power grid. That's crazy land. <laughs> but at least it made sense that Amy didn't realize right. just how much damage she was doing and how many people she was put at risk. Right. She wasn't planning to cause a blackout and turn hospital, you know, equipment off and, and air control traffic towers. And it was going to start blowing up the city. Like, okay. It was, it was even worse. It was going to get worse had she not stopped. <laughs> I like in the scenes, there's this constant countdown timer to the Obsidian launch. Yes. And it's acting like the countdown timer of a bomb that <laughs> Supergirl's trying to succeed in stopping by stopping Amy. Right. Even though it has nothing to do with that whatsoever. But it's always there and it's in the background and they timed it pretty well in those 
scenes in the climax as it slowly counts down from about two minutes. And I was really impressed with the editing, even though it's, it's just beautifully overriding what you expect a countdown timer to mean in this context. Yes. And it was nice seeing Kara talking her down. I, I was pretty happy with it. It wasn't special particularly, but we didn't really know anything about Amy, which made it a little harder. There was enough going on in that episode that I didn't really mind the emotional resonance that maybe could have been aimed for if this were more of a single issue episode. So, um, Cora and Alex having some sister time and she gets a text from William basically asking, are you okay? She says, you know, Alex, maybe I could just go on one date with him. And Alex kind of rolls her eyes and says, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'd be fine. Go for it. The conversations about what that means for the lying was not made clear, so we'll we'll still need to see that first date or uh, soon after to see what that looks like and what Kara actually plans to do to not create relationships based on a lie. How many dates should you go on before you tell them you have superpowers? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know the answer to that question. (laughs) Let's see. Definitely before you start sleeping together. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's a a fair one. Probably one is too few. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> Obviously, Kara is not going to not tell him and get into a relationship with him. I hope not. If they do that, I give up. But they're not going to because Kara's made it pretty clear that she has actually learned something. Yeah, she's at least thinking about the issue this time around. I briefly wondered in the episode whether if you apologize for overstepping, does that mean it's still overstepping? But I guess you get away with it if the other person says, maybe I should have gone on a date with you anyway. I don't think he was being a monster by showing up with lattes and texting her whether she's okay or not. We didn't see 30 texts an hour or something like that. <laughs> right. Then that would be worrisome. It didn't seem quite out of place, but it, but it was an interesting thing to apologize for. Well, he, he's British, right? <laughs> there were a couple wild one-liners that characters give us. We get Dreamer giving an amazing Dreamer line, which is, when tra- about to take out the baddie, time to put your toys to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure some writer is very happy about. (laughs) And Lex, a little later in the episode, says, don't you just love it when a plan comes together? He he could pretty much engrave that on his coat of arms. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I suppose. But the the A-team reference is still pretty funny. Sure. So yeah, there's there's, there's some cute one-liners in this. And And I do like the fact that in this episode, while he's trying to manipulate Gemma, we know that Gemma's actually also manipulating him, but we still don't know what Leviathan wants from the Luthers. Okay, any other points? Uh, Just that, we found out one piece of information about Andrea, which is she does have a Kratos powers. Yes. And fully self-realized them after accidentally triggering them to get out of the DEO jail cell, which kind of says something bad about the DEO jail cells. (laughs) But anyway, we have a Kratos back and she does have the medallion post-crisis because we did not know what that reality was Mm -hmm. coming after crisis whether lena had it or not so uh, now we have a bunch more information and uh andrea is a crata and we don't know if leviathan knows that andrea has activated as a crata 
I think they knew that there was the potential for it, though. They were expecting it and that it could happen when they wanted it to. It just it might surprise them that it happened without them telling her to do it. Ah, yes, yes, it could. Um, could be a surprise for them. Uh, I can't think that it's going to end up well for Andrea, though. I can't see her turning her surprise powers into her becoming a superhero for example. Well, we do need her technology to pretty much almost destroy humanity first. <laughs> She's going to be busy. Yes. But clearly it's going to it's going to be part of the rest of the season. It's definitely going to come up. We just will have to wait and see how. Overall, I did kind of like the episode. It tried to move a lot of things and some of them were a little rough, but I, I really like that they're being very clear that um, Lena is losing it mm -hmm. and everyone else is sort of changing position a little bit and things are getting worse yes yeah overall i liked it too um i did find a few things to complain about but i thought that uh it, it for the general advancement of the various plot lines uh it did a pretty good job and um you know it had a lot of different plot lines to juggle during this episode but i was reasonably pleased with how it all turned out and in case you missed it technology is scary <laughs> Yep, yep. Uh, you gotta watch out for technology. It'll <laughs> surprise you. <laughs> okay, well, if any of our listeners have thoughts that they'd like to share about this episode, uh, please find us on Twitter at SG Supercast or join the incomparable Slack member discussions on the TV sub channel. Is where you can often find us hanging out. And thanks, David, as always, for another interesting conversation. Happy to be here. All right, then. Until next time. Bye-bye.